go down, sit in the dust, virgin daughter of Babylon, sit on the ground without a throne, daughter of the Babylonians. No more will you be called tender or delicate. Take millstones and grind flour, take off your veil, lift up your skirts, bare your legs and wade through the streams. Your nakedness will be exposed and your shame uncovered. I will take vengeance. I will spare no one. Our Redeemer, the Lord Almighty is his name, is the Holy One of Israel. Sit in silence. Go into darkness, daughter of the Babylonians. No more will you be called queen of kingdoms. I was angry with my people and desecrated my inheritance. I gave them into your hand and you showed them no mercy. Even on the aged, you laid a very heavy yoke. You said, I will continue forever, the eternal queen. But you did not consider these things or reflect on what might happen. Now then, listen, you lovers of pleasure, lounging in your security and saying to yourself, I am and there is none beside me. I will never be a widow or suffer the loss of children. Both of these things will overtake you in a moment, on a single day, loss of children and widowhood. They will come upon you in full measure in spite of your many sorceries and all your potent spells. You have trusted in your wickedness and have said, No one sees me. Your wisdom and knowledge mislead you when you say to yourself, I am and there is none besides me. Disaster will come upon you, and you will not know how to conjure it away. A calamity will fall upon you that you cannot ward off with a ransom. A catastrophe, catastrophe you cannot foresee will suddenly come upon you. Keep on then with your magic spells and with your many sorceries which you have labored at since childhood. Perhaps you will succeed. Perhaps you will cause terror. All the counsel you have received has only worn you out. Let your astrologers come forward, those stargazers who make predictions month by month. Let them save you from what's coming upon you. Surely they are like stubble. The fire will burn them up. They cannot even save themselves from the power of the flame. Here are no coals to warn anyone. Here is no fire to sit by. That is all they can do for you. These you have labored with and trafficked with since childhood. Each of them goes on in his error. There is not one that can save you. This is the reading of God's word. So if you've been following along, in chapter 45, God, the people of Israel are most likely sitting in exile in the land of Babylon because of their disobedience, because of their idolatry and their injustice. And they have disobeyed and they have mocked and laughed at and ignored the warnings of God given to them in the first 39 chapters um, the first 39 chapters are most likely the chapters that they received before going into captivity. Um, and, and they didn't listen. They didn't listen to Isaiah. They didn't listen to the word of God. They ignored him. And so they were brought into the land of Babylon, taken as captives. In chapter 45, though, 
God says, hey, there will be one that I, ri- that I raise up, um, the King Cyrus, the King of Persia. He's from the east. He will come and overtake Babylon and will let you go, speaking to Judah. And then in chapter 46, um, this is God's um, depicting and prophesying of the demise, the destruction of Babylon, where their idols will be torn down and will be exposed as what they are, um, worthlessness. They're nothing. And so here in 47, he kind of reiterates, he seems to be more pointedly speaking to Babylon. Um, He's speaking to the Babylonians, who we then must imagine would have received this in some, some way. And, you know, when we say that, and Paul says this, that we were enemies of God, you know, in the New Testament, we, we relate to the Gentiles, the nations, those of, of um, non-Israelite heritage that were reached. Like, we relate a lot with the Babylonians here. And as he's, he's speaking, and, and, and um, at the beginning, he's kind of depicting what will happen. Um, and when he says that, let your skirts, lift up your skirts, bare your legs, and wade through the streams, like almost depicting this hurried departure before they can be captured. Um, because Purge is going to come with a large and very forceful um, army that will overtake them. And he will leave, he will take, I will take vengeance and I will spare no one. Um, but then he, he speaks specifically about the state of the Babylonians. One, you see just a significant amount of arrogance um, where they, they say to themselves, um, I am and there is none beside me. I will never be a widow. I will never suffer the loss of children. There's just this pride, this arrogance of like, um, and maybe this ignorance of, and, and I think we relate a lot to it, of just feeling I'm in full control of my life. Um, I get to say what I want to do. I get to say what I want to think. Um, I am in control of my, my, my whole life. Um, nothing bad will come upon me. And that's what he's saying. Say, no, but you will be overtaken on a single day. You'll lose children and you'll become widows. Um, so it, it, it brings us into this humble posture. So you see a great amount of arrogance. You also see a great amount of, of just a leisure, like this, this comfortability, this pleasure, where he says in verse 8, Now then, listen, you lovers of pleasure, lounging in your security and saying to yourself, I am and there is none beside me. Um, a great amount of just like, clearly there's a disregard for, for the injustice that's going on um, because he says that when, 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 when my people were brought into your land, even the aged, you laid a very heavy yoke on. Um, you, you treated the, the elderly in an unjust way. You didn't care for them. Yet while all that was going on, here you are, you lovers of pleasure, lounging in your security. Man, we just relate so much to that. So much, um, you know, our eyes are now open to so much more. We, we can see the, the injustice and the, the poverty of spirit and the poverty of, 
of material needs all around us globally now. Um, and I think we have the tendency, like the Babylonians, to be so paralyzed by it that we become lovers of pleasure, lounging in our security, wanting to distance ourselves from it because it seems so overwhelming. Um, and this is what, what, what was happening with the Babylon, the Babylonian people. Um, and the last thing that we see is uh, they trusted themselves, they trusted in their wickedness, they trusted in their wisdom, they trusted in their knowledge, and he's saying all these things will mislead you. They trusted in their idols, as we saw in the last chapter. But even that, your wisdom and knowledge, um, you know, it reminds me of the book of Proverbs, where it says the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. Um, and to trust, or it reminds me of, off the top of my head, I think it's First Corinthians, um, where the cross makes the wise fools. Um, it's the foolishness of the cross. And there's something about our day, particularly, I, 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 I experience this a lot myself, of thinking the solution, the way out of my misery is just to learn more, to gain more wisdom and knowledge, and I tend to use it as a way to trump over people as a way to gain power. And here they are, I'm trusting in my wisdom like the Babylonians, but it will mislead me. I need to trust in the foolishness of the cross. It doesn't mean that learning is bad or gaining insight and knowledge and wisdom is bad. No, it's not, it's not what this is saying. But what are you trusting in? What are you trusting in? And you see all of that played out, and he almost kind of mocks them. Okay, well, all you wise, knowledgeable astrologers and sorcerers, you all come out and tell me what's going to happen. How are you going to protect yourselves? And then it ends, and each of them goes on in his air. There is not one that can save you. And that is a scary verse. That is a scary verse. There is not one that can save you. And he's been saying along the way in this book that there is only one God. There is only one way into salvation. And this is the word that Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. All who come, all who want to go to the Father must come first through me. Jesus is the only way. There is only two roads. There is the road to destruction, and there is the road to life. One is large, one is narrow. There is not one other that can save you besides God. So I think this both speaks into our current life. It, it helps us to see ourselves more clearly, to confess our sins more pointedly, to recognize our need for the mercy and forgiveness of God more directly. But it also, I think it depicts, and there is a certain level of urgency. There's a judgment day depicted, right? You know, maybe we might, we might shy away a little bit too much from talking about the judgment day, but this is a depiction of it. Hey, the day's coming. The day came for Babylon where they were destroyed. 
that were physically destroyed, and the day is coming for us. It might be today. It might be this afternoon. It might be 100 years from now. Maybe it's 10,000 years from now. But the day is coming. We will all die. But death is just the beginning. Death is when we become face-to-face with God, and we either come into him with other ways to save ourselves or we confess that these things cannot save us but I rely fully and solely upon you for my salvation but destruction is coming so this is an invitation this is a reordering of our priorities here on life but it's also um, a reordering of our eternal priorities reordering of what's true that we are sinners helplessly in need of a Savior. Destruction is coming if we do not turn from our ways. Let us pray. Lord God, we, we thank you for this book. We thank you for um, the ways in which even you, you loved your enemies even here. You gave them warning. You foretold of their destruction. You gave them options out, I think even of the book of Jonah, where you send one of your people to go and give warning to your enemies, and they relent, and they, they repent. Um, you have always cared about, about the nations from the very beginning. You called Abram and his family to go out to bless the nations, to reach the nations. God, you are a God who redeems the earth, and you've called us unto this. And you've come down and entered into it, bringing redemption and salvation through your death and resurrection. And all who call upon your name will be saved. So Lord, today we, we call upon your name that we might find um, deliverance from our sins today, that we might, um, Lord, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Um, For yours is the kingdom, yours is the power, yours is the glory forever and ever. That is our prayer. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.